Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You always think of Lee Carson. Newcastle Hunters home rugby league. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I am, of course, your host, Chris McPherson, and we're back for episode eight of 2021. Uh, the Rugby League action is coming at us thick and fast. We've got the Newcastle Hunter Rugby League uh, resuming after their regrade, settled down after the catch-up weekend and uh, bye weekend that was Anzac Day. Newcastle Rugby League is continuing full steam ahead of the Denton Engineering Cup. And we're fortunate enough to be covering off on a few of the grades this week. We've got uh, the birthday boy, Mitch Williams, who joins us from the Wyong Roos to talk all things Newcastle Rugby League, the Denton Engineering President's Cup. We're also joined by our resident stats guru, Josh Spiegelman, to talk about the performers of the round in the Denton Engineering Cup. He also gives us a bit of a breakdown late in the show about the Knights and the NRL for this weekend. And we're also joined by none other than Lachlan Hickey, the captain coach of the Hinton Hornets in the Northern Conference of the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League. So sit back, strap yourself in for another cracking episode with plenty of local rugby league coverage. And again, a big thank you to all of our guests for this week's show. All right, it's that time of the week again. We uh, For the second week in a row, we've got him on board now, Josh Spiegelman, our stats guru, and he's going to come in, the stats man, with his uh, performers or best performances uh, from the last round of the Denton Engineering Cup, and we'll culminate this little segment with his uh, standout performer of the week. Last week, it was none other than Macquarie Scorpions, Cal Briggs, uh, with some absolutely phenomenal stats. I'm sure he's going to have some crackers for us again this week. So... Uh, Josh, welcome back, mate. Uh, good to have you on again this week in what's going to become a regular segment. And uh, let's get into some stats, mate. We know everyone loves the numbers, and uh, mate, uh, we can't quite go into the depths of super coach performance and stats and super coach scores. But who, who were the big big stars in the uh, last week of Newcastle Rugby League action? Yeah, hi, Chris. Thanks for having me on again, mate. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, so we'll go down a couple of key performers here across a couple of teams. Uh, if we start with um, South Newcastle, who are a bit unlucky there. Against the entrance, I thought um, their lock forward, Scott Matthews, uh, was impressive. He topped the team with 37 tackles at 90% efficiency, while also running the ball 15 times, which topped South forward. That's a, f- and a fair also, work rate there, mate. So, Scotty's Scotty yeah, ticking yeah. over. That's it, that's it. And uh, off the bench for South as well, uh, Mitchell Black, or Mitch Black, I thought, provided a bit of a spark for them. He had um, four tackle busts, which is equal team high in his limited minutes. Uh, he also made 28 tackles at 93% efficiency. So great job off the bench for Mitch Black. Yeah, some good performances there for South and na- narrowly unlucky, as you say. Almost got their first win of the season. And if they can keep performances up like that with Scott Matthews leading the way in the pack, undoubtedly uh, their first competition points won't be too far away. Who else have we got, mate, that were uh, good performers from the sides you've analysed this week? Yeah, so Scorps obviously had a big win against um, Curry on the weekend. And, um, yeah, Royce Jeffrey's been impressive all season. He had over 135 metres this game and um, an amazing 12 tackle bust, which you don't see too often in this competition, as well as his couple of tries. So, yeah, he was uh, near unstoppable with the ball in hand. 
Yeah, it certainly um, is getting up amongst it. And I think, interestingly enough, one of his fellow outside backs, Joe Woodbury, for the first time this year, didn't score, which is amazing considering they got across the line for seven tries. So uh, there's certainly they'd have a few of the uh, leading try scorers if we pulled the stats apart for the competition so far. They've got some strike outside backs with Bursaro, uh, Jeffrey and uh, Woodbury, but Royce certainly starring uh, for them in that one. Exactly, and not to move away from the scores just yet. Uh player who I thought was very close to getting the staff performer of the week, just tipped who will go over later, but Luke Higgins, a lock for them. He just filled the stat sheet. He had 15 carries for 144 metres. That's nearly 10 metres a carry, which is a great effort. And he also had eight tackle busts, which is, you know, insane for a forward. Um, two line breaks, two offloads, also scored a try. So, he, yeah, he just did everything for them and set the platform again. He's done that most weeks, along with the other two big boys. So, great effort there. Yeah, my um, my super coach stats uh, knowledge is uh, a little bit rudimental, but I know those uh, eight plus meter carries are worth two points each. So that would have been some uh, some solid stats if we were doing some super coach challenges. It might be something we might do later in the year. We might pull out a couple of key performances <laughs> from the year and give them some super coach scores. See who would have been a a a, a big point scorer. Just a couple of them at different points. Maybe we might do that at a mid season. Uh, point mate might have a look at round nine and say these guys would have been some uh, big super coach keepers in uh, in Tui's Cup or Denton Engineering Cup, sorry, uh, terms. So uh, who who else have we got? We're closing in, I know, on uh, on an absolute star performer that you're going to name for your uh, man of the week. So who else have we got uh, with strong performances and uh, falling just shy of that title? Yeah, so uh, we go to the Maitland game here and um, yeah, speaking of big metres, they had um, a couple of Big meter eaters across the weekend. Um, top forward, Jaden Butterfield. He had 160 metres on 14 carries. So that's, again, over 11 metres a carry, which is a big effort from a front rower. Uh, winger, James Bradley, topped the team with 154 metres, two line breaks, two tackle busts and two tries. And be remiss not to mention the other winger, Perry LeBrock, who scored, I think it was four tries to go along with 156 metres, four tackle breaks, two line breaks and a try assist of his own. So if we were playing super coach in this league, you'd load up on the Maitland backs in this game. You would have had a good week. Yeah, you certainly would have. Uh, as you said, LeBrock there, four tries. And uh, pretty phenomenal to think that a man with four tries won't get the points. But not only that, we had uh, Brock Lamb, I think, nine of ten conversions, if I'm not mistaken, and a try. So 22 points just in terms of pure points on the scoreboard. So uh, there's certainly uh, some... Uh, there'd be some super coach stats flying around out Maitland way. And I'm sure... Uh, the boys have got a bit of a, a running battle there. Uh, LeBrock with 16 points and, and Lamb with 22 and putting it, putting one hand already early in the season on the leading point scorer title, Brock Lamb. Yeah, 100%, mate. Yeah, and obviously the um, no surprise the staff performer of the week going to come from Maitland. It's going to be the man who created a lot of those um, high-scoring opportunities, which we'll get to shortly. But, um, yeah, obviously we'll just run through another team. Uh, Lakes again, they had another loss, but... A uh, couple of couple of you know good performances again. You know Nick Glowy leads the way each week. He topped the team with 125 meters for 14 carries, an offload and two tackle busts, and he also uh, topped the team's tackle count with 37 as well. So similar effort to Scott Matthews there at South. A couple of these standout guys, and good to mention each week, and even in a losing team. Yeah, we keep we keep hearing Nick Glowy's name thrown up. He's certainly a leader of that pack there at Lakes United, and. Undoubtedly, we'll be looking forward to when uh, he can get a, a fellow workhorse alongside him in Joel Edwards. Uh, once all the uh, contract dramas are cleared up with Cessnock, uh, but uh, yeah, the boys at Lakes, uh, we doff our caps to them. They keep turning up and having a red hot crack. Scoreline's probably not flattering them, but uh, some of those stat performances, especially from the likes of Glowy, have been strong so far this year. 
Exactly. And another forward from their pack, uh, John Poliafoa. Apologies if I'm not uh, pronouncing his last name correctly. He was also strong. He scored their only try, had four tackle busts, a line break in uh, 11 carries at stone. So, yeah, if they can keep working with their forward pack, you know, increasing each week, hopefully they'll get a result soon. Yeah, certainly, and, and we'll have a look at the head of those games, but uh, it doesn't get any easier for Lakes this week when they take on the ladder-leading Scorps. Made a couple of your sides that you're uh, running the stats on uh, coming up against each other. Uh, while my details aren't nearly as in detail as yours, I think it'd be remiss of us not to mention as well, I know he's not from one of the squads that you're using at the moment, but Zane Rickett with a hat-trick for Wyong as well in the outside back, so a great performance from him, but... Mate, it's, uh, you know, we're uh, a bit shy of a drum roll here, but uh, we're on for the second uh, of the Statsman Performers of the Week. Who's going to, uh, Cal- who's Cal Briggs going to hand that title over to for uh, round five of the Denton Engineering Cup? Yeah, he's going to hand it over to Maitland 5'8", Chad O'Donnell, who just absolutely filled the stat sheet this week. Unbelievable performance, um, five try assists, which is, you know, more than some players get in a number of games. Uh, an extra try contribution also. Just for the listeners that aren't aware, a try contribution or a line break contribution is just the key touch prior to the actual assist. So he's got one of those two. Then he had four line break assists and then three of his own line breaks to go on top of that. Four tackle breaks, an offload, as well as cracking the 100-meter mark with 11 carries. So it didn't do much wrong, Chad O'Donnell, with ball in hand on the weekend. Yeah, when he when he's on, he's one of the best players in the competition to watch Chad O'Donnell. So uh, look, we've set set a bit of a tone. I think some of the forwards might be uh, knocking on your door, mate, to ask when, when a forward's <laughs> going to get a run. We've had two backs, but undoubtedly there's been a couple of forwards that have been close, and it won't be far away. But uh, look, Chad O'Donnell, a very talented player in his own right, and probably a little bit of a, a different, you know, a more mature and more experienced player than last week's young Cal Briggs. But we look forward to seeing who else pops up in lights and. Look at the end of the day, if uh, if you're if you're not getting the shout-outs you'd like here, we've talked about it before. Uh, Josh, mate, you're uh, keen to take on some more stats duties for other clubs if they've got openings or need some assistance with uh, the number crunching uh, along the way as well during the season. Yeah, hundred percent, Chris. If any clubs want to reach out to me, they can either through yourself or through Facebook or just my email, Josh Spiegelman at outlook.com. Happy to take on any requests. Obviously, just want to help you guys get the most out of your players and grow the league as well. So I mean, it's obviously yeah, very enjoyable watching all the games and, and finding the key performers. Yeah, mate, you're certainly, certainly like myself uh, in different elements of footy tragic and hence why we've got you involved in the show. We've talked plenty leading up to getting you involved last week and now uh, on an ongoing basis. And speaking of footy tragics, mate, we, uh, we're going to start uh, doing a bit of an NRL breakdown each week with you as well, which will be a separate segment on the show. So, we might uh, take a little bit of a break. We'll go and break apart the Newcastle Rugby League or the Denton Engineering Cup with uh, Mitch Williams and uh, we'll pop back in to talk NRL not too distant future with yourself, Josh. We're joined by Wong Roos Captain Coach Mitch Williams. Mitch, uh, thanks for some time again on the show. Second time for the year, mate. Yeah, pretty popular guest then, or <laughs> either that, or um, you just don't have many volunteers down at the Roos at the moment. Yeah, mate. we need to I get. Don't have, don't have not many friends, probably. So, mate, I think I, I think I'm a little surprised. Terence is normally one to, with you know plenty to say, so I'm surprised <laughs> he hasn't put his hand up. He certainly had plenty to say when I was refereeing the other week. So, yeah, <laughs> all good stuff yeah, for Terence, though. Yeah, never a dull moment. He's quite entertaining out there, but. Uh, Mate, first of all, uh, a big happy birthday to you today, mate, uh, from the League Castle crew, mate, uh, giving up some time on your birthday as well. So we're, we're very privileged. No 
So 21 uh, again, mate, it. or? Yeah, the 21st again, so surprisingly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah lovely, mate. So, uh, mate, um, a good win on the weekend against uh, one of the competition favourites, Cessnock. Uh, you'd certainly be pleased with that result uh, after the start of the season you've had. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess probably uh, a bit of a surprise to, to a few people, but it was a performance I knew we were capable of. But, you know, after the first month of footy without inconsistency, it was was one I wasn't sure that was going to happen at this stage. But, yeah, very excited with uh, the brand of footy we played on the weekend. And, and what do you think were the keys? Uh, obviously, some uh, some good efforts from the outside backs and, uh, you know, the standard sort of stuff being being the platform against a side like Cessnock. But what was the, the standout for you that, that you think were the, the crucial moments or the crucial elements to, to getting the job done against one of the competition heavyweights? Yeah, I, I think for us, probably the start... Um we started some games really well and some really poorly and, and on the weekend we started really strong and it was easily our best defensive effort just attitude and effort wise and then um, you know our left edge uh, attacking wise with, with Terence pulling the strings um, you know it was as clinical as I've ever seen him Zane Rickett would have been a, a, a one of the picks for you guys looking at the score sheet a hat trick of tries for him oh yeah definitely um, you know it, it's weird when you score a hat trick and to think he probably should have had uh, you know, another one or two, he, he got close with another one. And I think if Blake Andrews had a caught another pass, he might have gone close again. So uh, that was his first game of the year with us, and it was a big day out for him. Yeah, good, good way to jump up into first grade then. Definitely, yeah. And and now in terms of the ladder, it's it's certainly interesting. Obviously, we've got the three sides at the bottom yet to taste victory, Lake, South and West. But then it's quite clustered when you go through from Curry on four points yourselves, the entrance of Maitland on six, and then Macquarie, Cessnock and Central on eight. It's really, it's really tight, and just shows that you know a couple of results either way, and and you know you guys could lift yourselves from sixth to first, or if a couple of results go the other way, you could find yourselves with a bit of a challenge to really hang on to that top five over the next few weeks. Yeah, it, it, as you said, it definitely looks like you know there's a little bit of separation at the moment uh, between a few of the clubs, but yeah, it's it's very congested, you know. Um, but I, I guess for us, that the challenge is trying to replicate the, the effort we did on the weekend. We've gone win loss win loss win to start the season so um, we haven't had back-to-back victories yet so uh, I guess for us it's it's trying to get a few wins on the board and then you know you got two or three wins in a row and you kind of look at the table and you're normally up in a few more places yeah certainly and and just to run through those results from the weekend obviously we talked about your win 30 to 12 on the road against Cessnock Macquarie put a I guess an asterisk next to their name with a big win over Curry 40 to 12 and leapt to the top of the table Central continued their form 24 to 10 against West. Uh, Maitland, 58, defeated Lakes, 6. And, and Souths, while well, they, they haven't got the win yet, they certainly ran the Tigers close, mate, your near rivals there. 19-16, uh, the entrance with a, a late field goal and then a penalty goal to seal it. But South showing that certainly on their day, they're going to be a threat uh, yeah, that definitely. teams can't take lightly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as you said, I think any team in this competition uh, on their day can really be. But I guess for everyone, probably... Um, Macquarie have been the ones, you know, they, they ran the cleanest for us the week before and I guess they've probably been a bit of a surprise maybe to some people, I guess. Um, but yeah, they we found them incredibly hard, uh, especially in, in Toronto there. Yeah, it's never an easy road trip, even if it is only just up the M1. For no. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of, sort of a secondary derby to your entrance one, so I'm sure you boys will be uh, having that one marked in the calendar for round two and it'll be yeah, a good measuring sure. stick heading into that back half. Let's have a look yeah. ahead, mate, to this week and, and we'll run through the other games before we get to your game, which is the Bar TV 2 match of the round. 
And we'll start with fourth versus fifth. And it's Maitland Pickers taking on the entrance Tigers. The entrance, the guys just down the road, a couple of extra ruse there, mate. And they started yep. quite well, but they've, they've hit a couple of bumps on the way the last couple of weeks. So they'll be looking to bounce back against one of the real heavyweights, Maitland, who've also had a couple of bumps recently. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you get probably any harder in this competition than Maitland at Maitland. Um, you know, obviously, they had a bit of a surprising loss to Sesmock, I guess, and then came out and, and really touched up Lakes last week. So I'm sure they'll be looking for that. And I guess this is probably, you know, another real big challenge for the entrance, um, getting used to the, the travel in the competition and, and having to play these top teams now. Yeah, certainly. It's um, We've seen the entrance, pretty much all of their games have been, you know, barring the game against Lakes, have been arm wrestles or tight clashes. Quite close, yeah. Uh, so they'll look to get Maitland into that. Maitland, Matt Landry will have them undoubtedly worded up to try and, you know, blow them out early and put a bit of space because I think that might be the key to, you know, probably getting the victory over the entrance is if you can put some space on them early. Um, the challenge of, as you say, keeping up for 80 minutes every week in, in a different level of competition uh, might be might be interesting, but uh, who, who are you going with here, mate? Is it going to be the pickers at home, or do you think the Tigers can get a little bit of an upset on the road? Oh, I think the entrance are capable of the upset on the road, but it, it'd be hard to go past the the home team. Um, you know, I think many people tip Maitland to to possibly even go through undefeated this season, and um, you know, I think only after a loss two weeks ago, I can't imagine them losing uh, again for a little while. They're very strong, and, and Maitland's a pretty hard place to get that win. Certainly is, uh, and then next up we've got the uh, the game between the second and third place side. So uh, quite an interesting encounter at St John Oval. It's Central Newcastle Butcher Boys hosting the Cessnock Goannas on Sunday at three o'clock, mate. This this one will be an absolute cracker. Uh, obviously, yeah. you guys are, you've played both these sides, and uh, yep. you're actually the side to inflict both of their losses. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so you've got, enough, got, yeah. got got a nice little, um, I guess, a uh, bit of re- recon on these two sides. How do you see this one shaping up? It'll certainly be physical, I think. Yeah, I guess. Obviously, you saw the first game with us against Central, very physical uh, opponents. Obviously, they didn't have Luke Walsh that day, so I guess you take that victory with a bit of a grain of salt with the, the polish that he can do to a team. And then, um, you know, Cessnock up until the weekend, it, it looked like, you know, Melbourne Cup favourites. So um, I think that's a great clash. That's yeah, definitely the match of the week this week. So it'll be really uh, interesting to see what happens between that game. It certainly will, mate. Are we, are we going to get a tip from you or are you going to sit on the fence there at this point? Oh, I do hate sitting on the fence, but I can't see Cessnock losing two in a row. So I might get a little bit of rough money on them as the away victory. <laughs> well, lovely, mate. I don't, I don't know who's taking odds on it, but um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> I'll find pl- someone, surely. <laughs> plenty, plenty of interested punters uh, if, if there was one of the yeah. bookies going to start throwing some numbers around about these, these games. So, uh, although I don't know if you boys would be able to, you know, it'd be like the NRL, you might not be able to get <laughs> yeah. on your own competition. I don't think that'd be right, knowledge. yeah. <laughs> uh, mate, the, the next one, uh, this this looks like a, a really tough clash on paper. It's the Lake Macquarie Derby. It's Lakes hosting Macquarie. It's last versus first. The great thing about this is, like any derby, the teams tend to get up. We might, we're hearing we might see Joel Edwards cleared for this one, which would be a huge in for Lakes. But you just have to yep. think, even at home at Carl Oval, there they're going to really have their work cut out for them. The young Seagull side against a, a red hot Scorpions outfit. Yeah, definitely. I I think Joel Edwards is going to play, which is is a huge inclusion both as a player and both as a person uh, for a club like Lakes. Obviously, they've been kind of having a few players up and down with the night system as well, I believe, which is you know making things a bit harder for them as well. But geez, it's going to be hard to beat Macquarie. They seem like they're they're on a real winner at the moment and just playing with that momentum and, and that forward pack is tough and hungry and yeah, I think um, that'll be a really tough clash for Lakes but uh, back at home and, and with a player like Joel Edwards, you know, anything could happen but yeah, it'll be tough to beat Macquarie. 
Yeah, certainly. Well, they'll also looks like welcome back in Nico Melia, man, who you, you'd know reasonably well, mate. Oh, definitely, yeah. He's, he's been playing a bit of cup lately, which has been really good, and that was what he was hoping for with that move. So, um, you know, I'm hoping to see him play as much for the Knights as he can, and, and definitely not when Lakes are playing well. He can definitely get a run for the Knights that week as well, so... Yeah, lovely. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he would. Uh, yeah, much rather play the night for the Knights rather than come up against his old side. But I'm sure there'd be no love lost if he did get that chance. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, the, the penultimate match of the round. It's Sunday, three o'clock, and it's two of the winless sides. And it's a, again another derby game. It is West versus South. This one is always an absolute humdinger. Over at Harker Oval there on Sunday afternoon. Uh, look, West have been, uh, you know, a bit hit and miss. Souths have been close in a couple of games and then blown out in others. But, uh, yeah, both sides will be right up for this one and it'll be interesting to see whether it'll be, uh, you know, Ryan Walker leading West around and, and to a victory or can uh, a Jason Keel on lead Souths without Ryan Glanville there uh, to the points on the road. Yeah, I think, obviously, I, I haven't seen too much of these teams this year as, as we haven't come across them yet. But, um I know that the entrance boys said that they've had a tough clash with South on the weekend. It's it's hard for me to believe that neither of these teams uh, have tasted victory yet. Uh, I know South have had a couple of injuries to some important players, and and West uh, are trying a few new things this season. But yeah, what a, what a mouth watering clash for for two teams that haven't got their first victory yet uh, to go head to head. It certainly is, and and as you say, both teams with some key outs. Obviously, we've talked about Ryan Glanville, uh, Ben Stone. It looks like still not named yeah. after that concussion a couple of weeks ago. So. Yeah. Uh, big outs, but uh, opportunities for other you know young and players coming in. We saw Mitch Black come off the bench and was was an absolute gun for South last week against the entrance, and undoubtedly a few of those other players that are taking their opportunities uh, alongside those experienced players we talked about before. You know your Jason Keelans and your Ryan Walkers. So uh, it could just be one man standing up here. West probably favoured at home, mate. But uh, can I can I tempt you into a tip here either way? Yeah, I, I think I think I've won once in my whole life at Harker Over, so I always kind of back West at home. Uh, they're just too hard to beat there for my liking. Lovely, mate. And then we'll wrap it up with Saturday afternoon up at the graveyard. It's not an easy trip no matter where they sit. But six, <laughs> sixth and seventh on the ladder, mate. And uh, looks like one N. Ross name for his first game at fullback. So that's just probably not, not uh, necessarily what you want to see. But if you're going to get a win up there, you want to do it against a full-strength uh, Curry, but they've brought back in Ben Wyborn, Nathan Ross, and uh, Maltese international Peter Cronin, mate. So a few few names coming in. You've got a couple back in yourself. So... What's going to be the key to getting the two points at the graveyard? Yeah, look, it looks like they've, they've started to probably get their full roster on the field for the first time for them. So I, I guess for us, just defensively again, and now we just travel to Cessnock and now we're traveling to Curry. So it's, it's a similar trip for us and it's, it's a hard, you know, it's a hard away game again, but we've got to start well. Um, you know, to get ahead early would be nice and try and take the crowd out of it and things like that. But we've got to be willing to play for the 80 minutes. Um, and it's as simple as that. You know, we had a we had a long arm wrestle with Cessnock last week and, and finished the last twenty minutes really strong and um I believe that we can do those kind of performances, but it's about backing them up now. Yeah, certainly, mate. That's that's the key to this competition. I think it's probably that consistency and look, Definitely. We've, we've we've talked about, you know, lots of people have talked about the NRL players. We've mentioned Nathan Ross, you've obviously got Tyler Randall, Frank Paul Nuasala on their side, but their centre pairing, it's certainly going to be a big day out for your centres. And I look looking at the team list that's up on NewSouthWalesRugbyLeague.com.au. You've got uh, Blake Andrews, who many of our fans will, will know, local fans will know from his time at West. And Damon Goolagong, who's an interesting one, mate. He was plying his trade for different bits last year at Morissette. Uh, he's obviously played at a lot better levels than that. Uh, he's quite a star, but they're going to have their work cut out with Stevie Gordon, who we know what he can do, and Henry Penn, who's been in absolutely uh, irresistible form over the last couple of years in the local competition. 
yeah, I, I think they're, they're a couple of great matchups. Um, you know, obviously, uh, I've known Steve for a long time, and, and he's a, an excellent footballer. And Henry Penn, uh, all I'm hearing is really good things about them. So um, I guess you know both my centres had some really hard tests last week with with the Cessnock centres that they've got running around. So I know they'll be really up for it, and um, I think that's an exciting battle for for both teams, really. Yeah, certainly hope, hoping for a dry track on uh, Saturday because that'll make an exciting clash with those sorts Definitely. of backs and then Lincoln at the back for yourselves and, and, and the Rostog coming in for yeah. um, uh, for Curry and then, you know, you battle your sixes. They, 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 neither of them will be short of something to say as well as some uh, attacking form as well. So <laughs> Definitely not, yeah. That'll be great to see, mate. Well, best of luck for the weekend. We, thank you for a bit Appreciate of time it. this afternoon. Enjoy the no rest problem. of your birthday, mate. Hopefully the well, uh, other half has got something, some nice treat for you tonight, a nice dinner or yeah, something. Yeah, hopefully. And yeah, uh, yeah we'll catch easy. up with you again later in the year, or maybe we might even drag someone else from Wyong out of the. Yeah, uh, out of yeah the we'll see what we can do. All right, so thanks easy. again, Mitch, and uh, we'll talk to you Appreciate soon. Appreciate it, mate. That was Mitch Williams, the Wyong Roos captain coach. Uh, again, they take on Curry Curry in the Denton Engineering Cup match of the round, the Bar TV Twoies match of the round this week. So make sure to tune into Bar TV to catch that one live. We'll now take a little bit of a break before we come back with the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League coverage, the Northern Conference, with Hinton Hornets, Lachlan Hickey. All right, we're now on to the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League segment of the show, and we're joined by uh, coach come halfback of the Hinton Hornets, Lachlan Hickey. Mate, uh, thanks for jumping on at last-minute notice. No worries at all, mate. Any time. Mate, uh, the Northern Conference, it is a it's, a... it's a ecosystem onto itself with those 10 teams in there now, uh, mate. It's certainly nice little rivalries up there in the in the Upper Hunter areas and across to the, the Hawks Nest and Tea Gardens you know, you've got Karua in there as well. So, mate, the competition's really taken on a life of its own this year with 10 teams. Oh, definitely, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, like you said, everyone's in there this year. Morpeth's come into it this year, which is really good. Get our local rivals going. Um, but, yeah, it's really every weekend there's a rivalry on. So, especially if you're a fan of one of these teams, get out to any game you can. Yeah, it's Derby Central and it's Derby oh. Central and uh, plenty of blue cans sold on. I was going to say hills, but not too many of them have got hills. But uh, on grandstands and adjacent spaces, it doesn't matter, mate. People will fill in, and you know now we're allowed to stand a little bit closer to each other. You know, you can head out to Hinton Oval, the, the picturesque spot that it is, and listen to Dave Dyson abuse, abuse referees and players alike. Just from the sideline, just from the sideline this year. Yeah, thank thank God. I think Dyson has well past the uh, pulling on the boot stages, mate. But. Uh, Hinton this year, mate, one and one to start the season. The regrades are complete. The comp- your competition remains untouched, which is great news yep. for those 10 sides. What's been, you know, obviously Patterson River looking quite strong and you've seen Raymond yeah. Terrace with a, a high-scoring win over them, mate. What have you thought so far? Yeah, I think I think this year it's going to be a real even comp. Yeah, I think, like you said, Patterson, I reckon, is going to be the team to beat this year, especially in the Northern Conference. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a... There's a big change, I think, this year. There's a, a lot of teams have got a lot of young guys playing now. There's a lot of 18, 19, 20-year-olds rolling through every team. I know Raymond Terrace are the same, talking to Brooke. Um, apparently, Gloucester's, Gloucester's got a lot of, lot of young blokes coming through their system as well this year. So, yeah, I think there's going to be a big change and a lot of focus goes back onto the young kids coming through. Takes the pressure off the old, old stages like yourself no. and the very old stages like Brooke Roach. Catch and pass, mate. Catch and pass. <laughs> yeah, the good the good news for all those young guys is now that Brooks a little bit slower, you're a little bit safer, but still not safe. You can't you can't switch off with him. Oh no, I, I, I realised when we played against him, he seemed to park himself right in front of me. So yeah, yeah, that that, that wasn't good for my shoulders and bumped me off a couple of times. So yeah, 
Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, I need, he's, need he's, to get out of the front line. You still got some power, mate. Mate, you're playing halfback. You're meant to defend on the edge. What are you doing? Yeah, well, yeah, that's all going to change again this week. We're going to swap and change a little bit as well. So I've gone from seven to six, and I'll be back at one this week. So yeah, okay. We'll see where we, we'll, we'll see where we end up next week. Mate, the, mate, you, so. mate, there's 16 rounds, I think, so you can get through every jersey number but 17, I reckon. Uh, probably I'll, I'll probably stick away from the eight and the ten, and other than that, I'll be pretty sweet. Yeah, well, the good thing about wearing the eight and the ten is you can blame you know the size of them for why you can't run fast. So exactly, uh, and five minutes stint. Yeah, exactly right, mate. Yeah, it's it's certainly a change of the guard at a lot of these clubs, and and one of those clubs that we're talking about is is you know Claro. We've seen quite a few different names there. There's a few of the same, the, the Phil Badiors and and the like, still floating around, obviously. But um, they've, they've turned over a few guys that would have been there in previous years, and uh, mate, you come up against them this weekend, and and there's never any yep. love lost between those two clubs. So. We'll start with your game, mate. Uh, what's going to be the key to uh, getting the job done against a uh, a, a pretty good uh, Clarence Town Cobras side? Maybe not the powerhouse they were a couple of years ago, but um, what's going to be the job on the road at Claro? I think, yeah, especially on the road there, you've got to get off to that good start, whether you're running uphill or downhill. Like, nice to get that game out of the way nice and early. Um, but, yeah, I think, obviously, the, the biggest key is to shut down Blake Birch. Everyone knows that. So, class player. If you can shut him down, and you can, and then you can limit a bit of field coming out of out of number nine and that. So, yeah, I think if we just match him up the middle, and then if we can keep Blake quiet for the day, which is always a tough task, um, I think we'll be in for a, a good shot. I think it's going to be a nice tight game between both of us. So, yeah, he's yeah, I think I think definitely the key. He's certainly a threat, mate. Um, not only ball playing, but his kicking game as well. And mate, you're a brave man putting on the one. Uh, he'll, I'm sure he'll uh, have some some special special stuff sent your way. But it's not the first time you've yeah. you've had to deal with with that playing in the one jersey, mate. Probably should have kept that under wraps for the weekend. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think it would have mattered who was playing there. He would have been giving him some work. So no, that's it. Especially yeah, probably the worst day that you playing one running back up that hill after. After catching his kick, so yeah, you might, but no, I think yeah, I think we just got to yeah start well. We've got a lot of young blokes. We've got a we've got a nice couple of young fellas that are sort of local. They're old boys, the old Hinton blokes, old Hinton legends. So yeah, a couple of young blokes are really stepping up this year. And yeah, one of the guys coming off the bench, he'll, he's a little bit dippy out of nine. So yeah, I think I think if we can muscle up in the middle, we should be should be pretty sweet. Yeah, lovely, mate. And uh, make sure you run uphill in the first half. You don't want to be trying to run uphill when you're buggered in the second. Nah, nah, that's the key, I think. <laughs> uh, mate, we'll, we'll run through the other four games quickly and we'll yeah, just get your thoughts on them. Uh, we've got three other games on Saturday afternoon, also at 2 o'clock at Stroud Showground. It's Stroud versus Morpeth. Who do you like here, mate? Stroud, a bit of a changing the guard. Simon Chapel no longer pulling on the boots, which leaves, I think, Brooke as the oldest man in the in the comp. But, um, mate, never say yeah. never with Chapo. No, exactly, and I think especially Stroud at home, it's always a, a tough task going there, and they've got again, they've still you know still got your normal blokes up there like your Harry Reid and that who plays fullback centre. I don't know where he's playing this year, but he's always tough to tackle. Um, I think it'll be a tight one that one, but I just think Stroud at home definitely. I think they'll they should get the should get the win. Um, yeah, again another change in the guard out at Morpeth, whole new blokes there, and. People playing in different positions every week. I've seen so. Yeah, so yeah, definitely, definitely think Stroud should, especially at home, should be getting that one on Saturday. Well, they're sitting two from two. They'll likely go three from three if you're right there. The next one again, talking teams that are sitting two from two, and I think this one this will certainly be a cracker. It's Patterson taking on Gloucester, hosting them at Patterson Sports Ground again, two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. 
this will be a good test for that new look Gloucester side. They're uh, one and one, similar to yourselves. But uh, look, I think Patterson certainly, from what we've seen in the first two rounds, are, are going to be one of the pace setters in, in as you said, what's going to be a fairly even competition. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. And I've, you know, I've I've, I've talked to Steve up at up at Gloucester, Steve Forrest, and we had a bit of a chat last night. And yeah, I think. Yeah, Patterson definitely the team to beat, and, and the key again, you got to, you got to shut down a few of their blokes. You got to shut down Jason Smith out wide, and that. But yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's a big trip for Gloucester to come down on Patterson, and yeah, they're pretty firing on all cylinders at the moment. And I know they they've started the, the first two games pretty injury free, so if they stay that way. They'll, yeah, I definitely think they're the team to beat this year. Yeah, I think they'll have a target on their back for a few weeks to come. Yet the other games are moving to 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon at Lakeside. And it is Raymond Terrace hosting Karua. Karua have had some struggles in recent years when they've competed, but they managed to get a win last week against uh, Morpeth. So they'll certainly be looking to be much more amongst the, uh, I guess, the regular standings this year. And Raymond Terrace, you saw them in the first round, mate. Um, what, what did you think of them? Obviously, we know Brooke, and they've got some younger guys there, but they've also got a bit of other experience spattered through their team as well. Yeah, exactly. And and I will say on that first round when we played them, they they never gave up. They especially a lot of young blokes in that team, and I, I mentioned that to Brooke after the game that the, the young blokes, the last ten fifteen minutes, they they sort of stepped back up and they never gave up. They played till the eighty minutes. So when you got Luke Hansack running around in the halves out there as well. That, that adds that experience in the halves. So, yeah, but especially those young boys, I, I can't back against the old Terrace days. So, yeah, I think the, I think the Terrace will get up on that little local derby there. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd still have a sneaky foot in that camp. And, yeah, as you said, um, with uh, Lukey playing at half and then even Jack Beverly, handy coming off the bench at this level of football as well. You yeah, know, he can play in a lot time. of positions and, and, you know, just tackles everything that moves. So, the final one will be Sunday, 2 o'clock, mate. It's uh, Tea Gardens taking on Dungog. Uh, this will be, again, a, a bit of an interesting clash. Tea Gardens yet to get a win. Uh, they've had some points put on them, but they're one of those sides that just on their given day can certainly turn up and, and surprise some teams. Dungog have been, you know, right there when the whips are cracking over the last few years in this comp. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And that's the one. Tea Gardens at home, they're a whole different team when they play at home. I, I know they didn't get it in in the first round there, and I think pretty sure that was a home game. But, um, yeah, Clarencetown put a few on them. But, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, Dungog, like you said, they're always there in a bounce. And, you know, they got the win over Clarencetown last week, which which show, or two weeks ago, which shows that, yeah, they're a bit of a class team and they always muscle up. So, yeah, I think, I think Dungog away will probably snatch that one on Sunday afternoon. Excellent, mate. Well, thank you for a little bit of insight into the Northern Conference. Hopefully, we'll catch up with you uh, later in the year once there's a few more wins and, the, and it's not sitting even, Stevens, in terms of your win-loss record. Good luck against yeah. Clarence Town up there. We know it's not an easy game. Uh, good luck diffusing some of those uh, B. Birch bombs, mate. And, uh, That's it. I've definitely got more tries than Tapper this year. I can say that already. Yeah, well, mate, I'm, I'm hearing whispers <laughs> that Tapper's, Tapper's pulling on the pink jersey down on <laughs> the Central Coast where, where he's relocated to to get away from you after... Um, yeah, he said you keep trying to re-sign him apparently, but I don't, I don't nah. believe that. But mate, yeah, good luck this weekend. Hopefully, you can get a meat pie yourself. And uh, yeah, Beautiful. as I said, uh, we appreciate your time, and, and we'll talk to you later in the season, mate. No worries. Cheers, mate. All right, I'm rejoined by Josh Spiegelman, and we're here to talk NRL now. We can uh, remove one of your hats, mate, with the stats guru, and uh, we'll put on the other one, the Knights guru. 
We talked about the Knights against the Panthers last week uh, on the cusp of that game, and while neither of us nailed our bets, and we uh, this, the uh, League Castle betting accounts a little bit worse for it, we'll go again this week, mate. But what did you take away from that Knights and Panthers game? 24-6, to 6, the Panthers ran out winners last Thursday night. Yeah, Chris, I thought um, the scoreline wasn't reflective of our effort across the 80 minutes. I thought we, uh, we fought pretty hard. I know O'Brien thought the same in the, the post-game conference, press conference. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of expected a, a Penrith win, to be honest. I think we both did with our head-to-head tips, but yeah, I thought, I thought it could have been a closer scoreline. Yeah, I, I agree. I was fortunate enough to be down there. And look, for the first probably 60, 65 minutes, it was a bit of an arm wrestle. It never really felt like the Knights were going to get on top of the arm wrestle. It seemed almost like one of those arm wrestles, you know, you, you, you're there and you, and you know you're just being given a little bit of false hope and then all of a sudden... You know, Penrith just flexed and just slammed, slammed that hand down on the table in that last 10 to 15 minutes and really probably, as you say, probably flattered the the effort that was put in in the game and the Knights would probably be a little disappointed to end up going down by 18, but there's plenty of positives to take from it. Uh, that try by Stafford Tull was absolutely phenomenal where he just, I'm not sure who the Penrith defender was, but he just threw him aside. might have been Edwards. Just threw yeah, him well, aside. Uh, I mean, Edwards isn't a big guy, but it was just, that that's the sort of highlights that we want to see in the blue and red moving forward and yeah, there was plenty of positives there. Some of the big boys in the middle getting through lots of work as well. So I think Adam O'Brien talked about it in the pre- post-game conference, as you said, just saying that there were positives to take from it. And I mean, at the end of the day, they are the absolute measuring stick, Penrith. And to be with them for 65 minutes, while you know, not, not a win and not the ideal result, it certainly is nothing to be ashamed of or nothing to you know, be beating themselves up over. Yeah, exactly, mate. I thought our defensive effort was, was great. You know, scrambling defence... Um, I thought on the other side of the ball, maybe that took away a bit from our, you know, last play execution. Couple of that, the kicking game inside Penrith's twenty was left a bit to be desired. So, you know, if we're a chance to meet the Roosters this week, are those areas we need to improve on? I think. Yeah, certainly, and and that loss sees the Knights sitting in tenth. Um, I mean, it, there's an absolute congestion there in the mid table. You've got, the, I mean, we'll run through it. Penrith underfooted on 14 points. You've got the Eels and Rabbitohs second and third on 12. The Storm and the Roosters both on 10. I think those top five to start with, uh, there's, there's a fair, maybe not in terms of complete points difference, but there's a fair gap in terms of performance consistency between them and the rest of the pack. Yeah, definitely, mate. You don't want to say this early in a competition that only a certain amount of teams can win it, but yeah, they are definitely the most consistent teams out of uh, all the other contenders at the moment. Yeah, then we've then got the Dragons, who've been much improved on eight. And then, as I said, there's that bunch there. You've got the Titans, the Raiders, the Warriors, the Knights, the Sea Eagles, and the Cowboys all on six. The Sharks back on four. And then the three cellar dwellers, the West Tigers, the Broncos, and the Bulldogs, who broke their duck finally on two. So, as one of my very optimistic Bulldogs friends pointed out to me yesterday, they are only two wins outside of seventh place. They're two very big wins, but <laughs> it's 145 points of four and against different. But, yeah, I mean, you know, some people can see the, uh, the silver lining in every cloud, but... It, it, it's a real cluster there in terms of it, and it feels like those top five sides, maybe the Dragons, but I just don't see their consistency at the moment breaking away. And look, the Knights have to be careful not to drop too many more games here, otherwise they're going to find a real gap and find themselves out of that race for the eight very early in the season. Yeah, exactly, mate. And, you know, I said last week as well, we haven't had a chance to have our big, well, I would say big three, but, you know, Ponga, Pierce, and also Bradman Best. They've all been injured at different times. So looking at that sort of clump of teams around that, standing, uh, yeah, if we get all those three back at what I'd say to are not out of contention, then I think we can definitely make a push over over some of these other teams that are trying to get in the eight. So, you know, there are things to look forward to as well. Yeah, there certainly is. And look, you know, a couple of tough games to come. The Roosters, the Raiders away. 
um, which is always a tough game, but it's one the Knights tend to get up for. But then there's a couple of games that you'd think the Knights would fancy their chances for, even though they're on the road, which is the Tigers and the Cowboys. So if we could pick up a win, either the Roosters or the Raiders, the Knights, and win those other two, it sits in a very different spot, especially, you know, we're then starting to look at, you know, the timelines closing in for Mitchell Pearce coming back. Um, if you get three wins out of those, they sit six and five instead of, you know, potentially, you know, five and six or four and seven. Certainly if they dropped all four of those games, it would be dire straits if they were sitting three and eight. Yeah, it would be dire straits. And, um, you know, I would have been confident at some of those things, as you said, pre-season, but having already lost to the Dragons and the Tigers at home, you just, you just never know. <laughs> you certainly can't count your chickens. But, um, yeah, as we say, uh, a, a little bit of an interesting run, especially with three of them being away. And then the five-game run wraps up with Manly at home, which undoubtedly will have a bumper crowd. And if we can get a couple of wins in that run... Um, hopefully the crowd can get them over the line, but Manly in some good form at the moment too. So, uh, so a really key five-game run here, and, and, and we'll, we'll pull apart this week's game in a moment, but we might quickly just run through yours and my tips for the other seven games, mate. We'll start with the uh, Thursday night game, and, look, you know, I, I, I talk up the, the Knights, but anyone that knows me knows that I am actually a Raiders fan at heart, and they host the Rabbitohs, so the Raiders been in a bit of rough form, mate. Uh, who do you like here? Can the Raiders upset the rabbits. I mean, I'm going to go with my green machine, but who do you like here on Thursday night footy down at GIO? Yeah, it's hard to not go past the Rabbitohs here. They're, I think they're about $1.50 favourites here against the, the Raiders. Based on that performance last week, you know, I tipped the Raiders. Obviously, I thought Dickie would get him up for that, the amount of changes he made. And he's also made some other interesting changes this week. I think Papali's been dropped or so rested, rather. So without him this week, so I'm just going to tip South and be safe with this one. Yeah, it's hard to know. Papali and Croker both out. Uh, Ricky's talking injuries, but they, some of the injuries seem very conveniently timed. So, uh, as you say, uh, that is, that's the Thursday night game. So, we'll move on to Friday night. We've got the two games there. The Queensland derby will be the second one. But the Storm versus the Sharks, these these ones have been real arm wrestles in recent times. But the Storm, I just think, will be far too strong for the Sharks after look, the Sharks undoubtedly bounce back and Will Chambers will be firing up for his chance to take on his old club. But I just don't see how they beat Melbourne in Melbourne. Yeah, Storm for me too, even without Big Nelson. He's out for a week. Um, and George Jennings, a winger who's been quite impressive for them. I, I think the Storm will do this reasonably comfortably. Now this next one, it's the Broncos at home against the Titans. It's the Friday Night Lights, their specialty, the Broncos. I can't in recent memory remember the Titans being 12-point favourites against anyone, especially away from home and against their what was formerly the big brother in Brisbane Broncos. So unknown and unique territory for the Titans, but... Look, they're due, due to bounce back into some, some solid form and put an 80-minute effort together, so I'm going to go the Titans on the road. Yeah, I'll join you with the Titans on the road. I, I really thought Brisbane would have had a better performance last last week against Parramatta in that humidity, but they just fell apart there. Uh, was it their right edge looked absolutely terrible in defence, so I think, um, yeah, Titans will, will, will win this comfortably. Yeah, lovely, mate. We'll move on to the Saturday afternoon game, and it's the high-flying Panthers versus the informed Manly. Uh, look, I certainly expected the Panthers to be favourites, but considering the form Manly's been in, 14.5-point start Manly, it's, it's it's a little bit tempting, but Penrith are just electric at the moment. They haven't lost a game for since the grand final, and before that it was it feels like a lifetime ago prior to that. So uh, a brave man to back against Penrith, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Manly keep it within a couple of tries. Yeah, the line is tempting. I'd also note that um, they've got Coruscant finally back this week at Hooker, so he'll add a new dynamic that we haven't seen most of the season as well. I'm going to tip Penrith, but I will think about the Eagles with that start as well. Next up, and this one's always a good rivalry in the uh, inner-city derbies, it's Canterbury taking on Parramatta. 
look, the Bulldogs, they got their first win last week, but uh, Parramatta's going to confront an all-different challenge. And, you know, the dollar ten about them seems about the right money. 20-point start for Canterbury, but uh, you certainly in the head-to-head, you couldn't get me taking a bite of that $7. Yeah, definitely, mate. Sorry to your optimistic Bulldogs friend, but I don't think they're going to win two in a row here. Uh, we'll, we'll jump to the Knights game last, so we'll push that one back. The Knights and the Roosters Saturday night at 7.30 at McDonald Jones, and we'll move on to the Warriors in another one of their games at their home away from home, the lovely home of the Palm Trees, Central Coast Stadium. And is the Warriors hosting the Cowboys, two sides that are really hard to get a, a solid form line on at the moment. One week they turn up absolutely firing and then the next week they go out with a bang and a whimper so the Warriors are favourites here and look you know this is almost a toss of the coin job for me and I'm going to go the Warriors but with no great conviction. Yeah I'll join you on the Warriors too it's going to be interesting to see Reese Walsh at 5'8". This tip for me also hinges on whether Tom Malola gets through his contact training on Thursday so I might go change to the Cowboys if he plays but again he probably will play limited minutes so I think I will stick to the Warriors. Lovely. The next one, St. George, they're aside again. I, I have trouble, you know, placing any great faith in. The West Tigers, though, they're almost unbackable. They're down there with one win from their seven games and haven't really looked like beating too much other than the Knights. And even then, it was more so that the Knights lost the game than the Tigers won it. So well, I think I'm going to have to go with the Dragons here, but with no great certainty, just the fact that they are at home and, and they've played into some okay form in, in recent weeks, but I, I'm still not convinced that they're a, a genuine title or even a top eight threat. Uh, they might stumble into the top eight because of other sides falling, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go the Dragons here with, with no great certainty. Yeah, Ben Hunt back obviously for the Dragons as well this week, so I'll tip the Dragons, but more, more out of um, fear of how bad the West Tigers will play rather than how good the Dragons will play. Yeah, it sounds, sounds exactly like my thoughts on it. And the big one, this is the one we want to talk about. It's the Newcastle Knights taking on the Sydney Roosters. Uh, this is always a, a cracker of a game. They've played in some key finals and things over the years as well. Uh, the Knights uh, sitting as $2.70 outsiders. The six points flat start. A little bit tempting, but, gee, Sam Walker's been something of a revelation since he's made his debut. And, uh, you know, they've named Tedesco to play at fullback. He's obviously got to be cleared and there is that name sitting in the uh, away team's extended squad of Jay Suwali who you'd have to think that they that Trent Robinson would be tempted against a, an inexperienced night side to maybe throw him in and give him a test if Tedesco's not fit. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, it's either that or Manu to fullback and Ikebala to wing. Maybe you'll see Suwali on the bench but yeah, if we're giving our tips for this week I've, uh, obviously I usually tip with my head. I've gone all the favourites I think so far this week with you but I'm actually going to tip the Knights this week. I'm still tipping with my head, not just my heart. I've got a feeling we'll get up to this game. You know, it's tough because we gave a lot to that Penrith loss. But at home, you know, like you said before, we need to start stringing some wins together. This I won't say must win again, but, you know, it's, it's quite important. And, um, yeah, I'm going to tip the Knights. Yeah, look, the, the Roosters were quite impressive last week against the Dragons. But similar to us, I think they put a lot into that game. It's a shorter turnaround. I'm going to have to go go the Roosters here, but I think it's going to be the Knights to score first uh, and then they'll go down in a close one. I'm thinking sort of six or seven points, maybe a, a field goal late just to, to really put the icing on it for the Roosters. But I'm going to go for Bradman Best, the uh, the big bustling centre to score first and then, uh, yeah, maybe maybe take uh, the Roosters to win. So that might be worth having a look at sports bet for. Uh, but that's uh, the NRL, mate. Uh, we thank you very much for jumping on board again this week. Um, we look forward to 
hopefully hearing from you next week, mate, on the back of a night celebration uh, for the hometown faithful and certainly yours. I know you're making the trek up this weekend to get up for the game on Saturday night. So mate, enjoy that before you go and undoubtedly get back to the grind of pulling apart uh, huddle vision and uh, stats for all those local clubs that you help out, mate. Again, we thank you for jumping on and uh, look forward to chatting again next week for stats and nights chat, uh, respectively. Appreciate that, Chris, mate. I'll just add, um, get on get on nights uh, by four points. And I was going to say Bradman best for the first try too, but I'll be different and, and just go the winger, Stafford Tara, for that big highlight last week. Lovely, mate. Well, thank you very much, and we'll catch you next week. Cheers, Chris. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of League Castle. Hopefully, you'll be able to get out to your local ground this weekend. There's plenty of action with the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League resuming. Uh, Matches absolutely everywhere. The junior competitions are kicking off. And, uh, of course, the Denton Engineering Cup and its lower grades continue as well with games all around at different venues. Uh, So make sure to get out and support your local side. Uh, by all means, get involved in the page and flick some messages through letting us know about which teams you'd like to hear from on the show in the coming weeks. And we'll endeavour to get some people on from some of those sides. Uh, we'll be back to looking at the A grade again next week uh, for the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League and, of course, continue to cover off on the President's Cup and uh, some of the NRL coverage with the stats as well, thanks to our new resident stats man, Josh Spiegelman. A big thanks to Josh and our other guests today. Mitch Williams giving up a little bit of time on his birthday. We really appreciate that and good luck to him and Wong this weekend. And also to Lachlan Hickey from the Hinton Hornets. A last-minute call-up after a few reshuffles, but uh, really appreciate him jumping on and giving us a little bit of insight into Hinton and that Northern Conference uh, in 2021. Make sure you, of course, also vote in the third round of our People's Club of the Region for Newcastle, the Hunter and the Central Coast. It is getting down to the business end there. We're down to our last 16 teams and the winners of this round will go through to the quarterfinals and it's really going to start to heat up from there. But again, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate uh, everyone that does take the time to have a listen to the show. Make sure to check out our social media channels, Lee Castle AUS on Facebook, Lee Castle AU on Instagram and Twitter. And we'll try and keep you up to date with all your rugby league needs. In the meantime, enjoy this weekend's footy and we will catch you next week. They go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to League Cup, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League.